0: Hey there, welcome. I am Molly Cash and this is Start and Keep Going, a podcast about succeeding by refusing to quit. Today we're talking about indecision. Are you indecisive? I am, or I was. I've always considered myself indecisive and I thought I was just born that way. I thought some people were just born decisive and others not, and there's nothing you can do about it. But I've learned that making decisions is a skill and being decisive is a skill. It's something you can practice and improve on, which is awesome, right? So I want to tell you a story of one of my most triumphant moments of decisiveness, and then we'll go back and and, uh, talk about how that came to be. So once upon a time, there was a girl, and she was me, and she was always indecisive. Sometimes it was because she didn't have too strong of an opinion one way or another, and she just was in the habit of letting others decide. Other times it was because she was really concerned with getting the perfect right decision, and afraid of making a wrong one. But she had a very long history of indecisiveness. Okay, I'm sick of the third person thing, I'm gonna switch. So 13 ish years ago, I moved to my current neighborhood. And at the time I had one little baby boy and I would take him for walks in the stroller. And I remember walking by this house that was just around the corner from mine and falling in love with it. I, re- I remember the first time I saw that house thinking, oh my goodness, who lives there? I love it. Then later I actually met the people who lived there and became friends and I saw inside their house and I just, I just really loved it and just felt, just felt good there. I don't know, I felt kind of at home. So several years go by, and these friends decide to move. And they put up a for sale sign, and I ran over there to look at their house. I walked through it with my husband, and we still loved it. But um, things, I, I don't remember this situation, but it wasn't a good time for us to like try to get a loan. I think there was like an, like a job change or something too recent. And so we were thinking about it trying to kind of figure that out. And in the meantime, the house sold. I was kind of crushed. I had loved that house for so many years. And you know, like I said, I felt at home there. I just really felt this connection with the house. And I just was so sad that it wasn't going to be my house. But life went on. I met the new people who moved into the house. And in the meantime, by the way, one of my really good friends had moved next door to this house. And so she knew those her neighbors pretty well. And after two about two years, my friend told me that her neighbors were planning to move. Their house wasn't listed. They didn't have a for sale sign. They I hadn't even talked to them. But as soon as I heard that, I grabbed my husband and said, we might have a chance to buy that house. So we talked about it. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that we decided in less than 20 minutes to buy that house. Buying a house is kind of a big deal, right? It's a pretty big decision. And it's just not one that I ever thought I would make quickly. And I don't think, you know, I'm not saying everyone should pick a house in 20 minutes. I mean, really, I'd had my eye on that house for years. So it's not like we just walked up to some house we'd never seen before and signed papers in 20 minutes. But there were things to consider, you know, it had fewer bedrooms than what we had before. There was the mortgage payment to consider, and just, you know, stuff to think about. Will we be able to sell our house? What kind of work do we need to do, et cetera. But we were able to make that choice in under 20 minutes in one night. And so the next day, when the owner, who had been tipped off by my friend, asked if we were interested, I was able to say, Yeah, we want the house. And we did walk through just to make sure and it was even better than we remembered. They had done some remodeling, which was awesome. So we moved forward, they didn't even have to list their house. It just it went pretty smoothly. And luckily, we were able to get our house ready to sell quickly, with a lot of help from family and friends. And it sold quickly as well. I'm so grateful for that. It just it really felt like it kind of fell into our laps but I just know that the former version of me would definitely not have been able to make the choice that fast. I would have hemmed and hawed probably for too long and then lost the opportunity to buy the house again. So what had changed? What was different about me? I had just learned about the skill of making decisions for a person who it doesn't come naturally to. So there are two main elements to this that I wanna talk about. The first one is Understanding that there's not a right decision. This is a tough one, right? It's just it's easy to believe that there's a right choice and a wrong choice and that the right one will make you happy and the wrong one will make you miserable. I mean, let's face it, that's kind of how we're taught in a lot of ways. But believing there's a right and wrong choice in every instance can be really paralyzing. So understanding that there's not a right choice, understanding that any choice you make is gonna come with some good and some bad is a huge step in being able to make decisions confidently and even quickly. In the house example, I could have chosen not to buy the house and that would have been okay. I would have had more bedrooms than I do now. I would still have a covered patio that I totally miss and a basement that we had just finished but I also would still live on that busy street and not have the kind of front yard that I want and probably still be pining for my current house. So some good, some bad. Now with the choice that I did make moving here, there's also been some good, some bad. It's so awesome living on a quieter street and it's also flat where we were on a hill before. I love that. But also it's been kind of tough to have fewer bedrooms And also the bedrooms are farther, like my kids' rooms are farther from my room. And so at night it's harder to hear them or check on them. So again, some good, some bad. I really don't believe that there is a perfect house in this entire world. If somebody believes that they live in the perfect house, it's because they choose to think that. And good for them, right? So part of believing that there's no right or wrong choice is knowing that what's important to you is what matters. And that what's important to other people is going to be different. So it's okay to go with something that other people would maybe not consider a good choice, if it fits what matters to you. Another part of believing there's no wrong or right choice is a willingness to deal with the bad parts. And you know, sometimes we don't even know what they're going to be until they show up later. But if you're willing to make it work, to do whatever it takes, to make this decision that you made into the right decision, then there's really nothing to worry about. And the last part of believing there's no right or wrong choice is to remember that you can always change later. I shouldn't say always because that's not the case in every decision. But in most decisions, you can either change later or you can do something different next time You can always learn from your choices, and that is what helps you develop as a person. Even terrible choices, sometimes those help us develop the most. All right, so the second main element to the skill of decision making is trust. You need to trust, first of all, that things will be okay. Maybe you believe in a higher power, and you can trust in that, But even if not, just consider for a second the state and the behavior of a person who believes that things are going to work out, versus a person who believes they're not going to work out. When you trust that things are going to work out, you calm down a little bit, you can think clearly, you're more level headed. And you're more likely to use logic rather than fear in your decision making process. But if you're in that place of worry or fear, or believing this is not going to work out, everything hinges on this. And if I get this wrong, it's going to be a disaster. That just breeds stress and anxiety, and it really hinders your ability to make a solid choice. So you need to trust that things are going to be okay. And then you also need to trust yourself. Kind of going back to before, um, being willing to do what it takes to make this work. You got to trust yourself to do what it takes. Trust yourself to do that work, whether that's something physical or mental or just learning from the experience so you can choose differently next time. Trust yourself to do it. And finally, you need to trust yourself to treat yourself with kindness, to not beat yourself up when the bad parts of the decision show up or if it turns out that you really think you would prefer something else. Part of this is also a willingness to take that responsibility for the choice, and then trusting yourself to not make it mean that you are less than because you made that choice. You may end up regretting your decision, but if you believe it's okay to make mistakes, and that's how you learn, and that's part of life, it's not gonna be a problem for you. Ooh, okay, I know I said finally, but there is one more way that you need to trust yourself, and that is to trust your past self, the one who made that choice, and trust that you made an okay choice. And yeah, you can change it if you really want to, but don't second guess yourself. Don't move forward questioning everything that you did. Can you imagine hanging out with somebody like that who was just constantly saying, are you sure about that choice? I don't know. Do you really want to wear that dress? Do you really want to have that for lunch? You would not enjoy being around that person. So don't be that person for yourself. All right, in summary, The elements of decisiveness are believing that there's no right or wrong choice and then trusting that things will be okay, they'll work out and trusting yourself to own and deal with the consequences without being mean to yourself. So then you just practice. Practice on little things that are easy for you to believe don't matter. Things like what shoes to wear or the kind of hand soap you buy. Try making these decisions in as little time as possible and then backing yourself up on the decisions and that works the muscle of being able to choose in a decisive way. And you'll just get better and better and you can move on to bigger decisions and I'm telling you, it feels amazing. I am like high on choosing. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do now. And I guess I have one bonus tip which is to make sure you're putting value on your desires. Sometimes you want something and just wanting it is a good enough reason to do it. I've spent so much time in my life considering and trying to research and find out what's the best thing instead of what do I want? I just didn't have a really good sense of my wants like mattering. So when I had a choice to make, I had to go off of something else, but not anymore what I want matters. And it's not the only thing that matters. Certainly not. But it is worth consideration. And in the absence of other factors or things that are more important, I just do what I want. It's so simple. Using these concepts, I've been able to change decision making from something that was so stressful and paralyzing to me into something that I really, truly think is fun and do on purpose all the time. So I hope these concepts help you too. Um, if you're a little stuck on them, I would love to hash it out with you. You can always go to mollycash.com free and schedule just a short Zoom call with me. I absolutely love helping people see things in a different way. And we really can accomplish that in 30 minutes or less. So go make some decisions and I will talk to you next time.